Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Sports Colorado Avalanche podcast. Today, we have special guest AJ Hayfleet. Welcome to the podcast, AJ. What's up, dude? So, you're a defenseman, or you were, I, I don't know, do you still play much? Play no, the I, uh, the, I had concussions. I, I had to quit playing. Yeah, concussions, that's always fun. Anyways, you were a defenseman. I am a defenseman, so I figure we will talk about the Avs' defense today. Um, like, strengths and weaknesses of the players, like, upcoming contracts, what we think they'll do in the offseason, etc., and yeah, that's about it. So, gonna go kind of from the bottom down here. Um, person who played like I don't know, one game this year. Did he play any games? Anton Lindholm. Yeah, he played in two. Yeah, played two. Was that when EJ went down? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Not really much to talk about with him. Um, he was good. I mean, like, he was – after you saw him for 50 games that one year, it was like, right. okay, we're pretty accustomed to what he is, and so you have low expectations. And he came up, and he was he was better than he normally was in those 50 games and even even snagged the point. So, yeah, I mean, for two points, nice little surprise. Um, you might look for him to be on the uh, 28 skater playoff roster. Yeah, probably. What would you say his strengths and weaknesses are? Uh, his weaknesses are anything to do uh, with getting beyond center ice. Uh, he doesn't do anything offensively. He, This is a guy that's in the AHL is like five points. Like generates no offense, has no yeah. slap shot whatsoever. Um, when he was in, when he was in his first rookie camp, uh, he had the worst slap shot I have ever seen from from a pro from a player who was drafted. Just there was just nothing there, and it just it hasn't developed. Uh, he doesn't really have a first pass. He doesn't look to generate offense. He just doesn't he doesn't provide much of anything on that end of the ice. He's just a body, like he's out there on offense strictly to skate backwards and yeah. play defense when it comes time to like there's nothing there you know there are nba teams that have no offense players right and don't and don't get defended but they're out there because they can like rebound and they they're great defenders yeah well you can't really get away with that in the nhl <laughs> Uh, and Lindholm is just a – he's strictly a defensive player. There's no two-way ability at all. Uh, defensively, uh, he is stout. He blocks shots. He sacrifices the body. He's he's a, he's a very heart and soul guy. Uh, he plays – he's five foot eleven and a legit, like, five foot eleven. Might be even 5'10". And plays like he's 6'2". Like, he plays wow. a much bigger game than he is. Is not afraid to initiate contact, which is why he – he consistently uh, has shoulder problems. Mm. He's been having shoulder problems since he was a teenager. They persist to, to this day. Uh, he is constantly battling the shoulder injuries because he plays a physical style that his body is just not meant to play. Right. It's just not. He's not. He's he's too brittle to play the way he wants to. Uh, but he does. You do have to admire that he's 5'11". He does not shy away from any kind of contact at all. He will step up on a guy. That guy has seven inches on him doesn't care he will step up on a dude and he will try and lay him out and yeah heart and soul guy great leadership um is very well thought of inside the eagles locker room 
Um, good, to, good, you know, a, a good solid organizational piece, and uh, to get that guy out of a fifth round pick, especially for this organization. Yeah, you're not going to complain. Man. Yeah, like I remember him from the 27. 18 season I've been watching some of the recaps of the games recently I see where it's coming he's just pretty good in the defensive zone uh, with these recaps you know you're not going to see much of like you know what goes on you know during just regular defensive play but you know it seems like he's just pretty smart in the defensive zone um, yeah, he's a smart player he has to be to survive right so just doesn't have NHL skill. He's an yeah. he's an American League player, right? Just very typical. I've always thought it was weird that they call it the American League, even though there's teams in Canada. But I mean, they call it the National Hockey League, and there's teams yeah. in Canada. Um, I mean, I don't know. Clearly, nobody has a real big problem with it. But anyways, next player up, uh, not really even with the Avs anymore. I mean, not really. He isn't with the Avs anymore. They traded him for Michael Hutchinson. But Kyle Rosen did play a couple games in the NHL. Um, that was I remember that definitely was when EJ went down. Um, what do you have to say about Cali? Yeah, Chosen Rosen was fun. Uh, it was a fun story. Um, solid puck mover, good skater, uh, decent size. Read the play okay. Um, wasn't good enough moving the puck in the NHL. Uh, and and wasn't as good defensively as he had been with the Marlies uh, the year before. So a little bit of a letdown overall, but he was all right. Yeah, he will not. He will not be missed. Yeah, just there's so there's every organization has five Kelly Rosens. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, traded him for Michael Hutchinson. He got you a win. So not great value, but. Yeah. It is what it is. Right. Next, he played quite a bit towards the end of the season when they decided to sit Zadorov. Um, Kevin Connaughton, which they acquired in the trade for Carl Soderberg, if I recall correctly. Yep. Yep. Definitely seems like more of a big defensive guy than anything. Um, Yeah. Biggest um, he was great for the Eagles. He was yeah. he was great for the Eagles. Uh, d- looked awful for the Avs. Never once looked good for them. Didn't have a single good showing. Yeah. Um, he had one game where he survived. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Was like okay, that's the high that's the high mark. He's significantly better than we saw with the Avs this year. But when you're when you're on an expiring deal, you got to show it when you have a chance and. Right. You know, given he had 300-ish uh, games of NHL experience, it was definitely a disappointment to see him yeah. not not play well at all in, in his time in an out sweater. Yeah. Um, I, I struggle to see him coming back. Yeah. Uh, all I remember was that one goal against L.A. that went in off of his skate. Off of him, yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember Connor McDavid roasting him. Uh, uh, in the in the blowout in Edmonton, yeah. where Adam Warner got hung out to fry. Right. Yeah, that's not a game I look back on fondly uh, by any means. But you know, definitely uh, not the greatest. You know, I mean, it's worth teaching Z a lesson. 
uh, to sit him, but when you're getting, you know, Kevin Connaughton, the play he got out of it, uh, you really kind of debate whether or not it was completely worth it. But, you know, speaking of Zadorov, next up we have Zadorov. He's coming to the end of his contract. Um, I personally don't think they should re-sign him. I feel like a lot of, you know, rational Avs fans um, would agree with me. And then there's the people who like big hits, so they want him to stay. But what do you think of Zadorov? Obviously, he doesn't have that kind of high intellect. He's had a lot of a uh, makes some pretty stupid plays pretty frequently. Um, I mean, he does throw the body around. He's a bit of an aggressor. I mean, you know where he's good. He's good um, denying entries into the into the zone, uh, design denying controlled zone entries. Um, he's good there. He does lay the wood. Um, he has that physical element to him. Guy, you look at the box score at the end of the game, and he always has three hits. Um, you know, he's 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 just too inconsistent for me. Um, yeah. There are nights there are nights where he's awful, like awful, and then there are nights where you see all of the potential come together, and you're like, oh my god, this guy is something. Yeah. And he changes games with his physical element. It just doesn't happen often enough um, for me. And at this point, the defense around him is just too good. Yeah. You waited and waited and waited. Um, give him a qualifying offer and then trade him in the summer yeah. uh, don't don't just let him walk because that's a totally wasted asset in a league where teams are desperate for defenders if Nikita Zadorov has no value uh, you're a bad GM so yeah. um, get get something for him but I it, at this point he's pushing four million dollars a year you're going to be cap strapped before you know it because everybody's getting raises um, just just don't don't mess with it. Um, right. Find a home for him, and let Bo and Byram take that job next year. Yeah, like you're saying, you know, there were games like that Jets game from a couple years ago where he. Yeah, that's the that's the pinnacle of his career. Right. That was the ultimate Nikita Zadorov game. Yeah, and then you know his goal against Washington this year, and then there's games like I remember that Ducks game. Um, Everybody does. Yeah. That's the one that got him benched because he went he went minus three in nine minutes of ice time. Yeah, that was atrocious. I was furious at him. He was he was bad that night. Yeah. And I I was saying I've been watching highlights from the seventeen eighteen season and there's just these this one clip I don't completely remember, but there's two guys in front of the net and they're supposed to be Zadorov guys and he's out in Wonderland, not even you know, putting care in the world. Yeah, the the net front coverage has always been bad, and that's just because he reads the play slowly. Yeah, he can he knows he knows. Okay, big guy, I stand here, but he doesn't read the play quickly enough to to remove his guy. You even just look back at the last game that they played against the Rangers, and the game tying goal is Buchnevich going to the net and Zadorov not being able to 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 physically remove him. Yeah, and it's like, dude, if you can't even tie up that stick, take that away. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of a lucky play because he. Panarin just throws the puck at at a spot, and Buchanevich yeah. goes and hits it off the middle of the stick or something, and you're just you're just like nah. But at the same time, like you gotta you you have to take that away. That's your job, man. You have to take that away. Yep. And he didn't do anything. 
he made a stab at the puck and completely there was no physical engagement whatsoever. He's just in the right spot, but he can't. He, it, it, the story of of him in front of the net is in the right spot, can't make the right play. Yeah, definitely. And then another player who is guaranteed to go to the Swiss League, right, Barbario? Uh, I don't know how true that is. I I just don't know. Yeah, I, I heard the rumors just like everybody else. You just maybe. Yeah, okay. I, for his sake, that'd be awesome. It'd be a great way to finish a career. Yeah, he I he has some pretty good puck skills. I've seen. I don't remember when, but like yeah, he's solid. Yeah, he he can pull some stuff. He's so all over the board. Mm-hmm. Um, right. He's a great he's a great locker room guy. Uh, he's. I, I don't have any issues with him as a seventh defenseman, eighth defenseman uh, in the NHL. As a 30-year-old, though, uh, his value in that role is kind of iffy at this point. Um, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't think he'll be back. But yeah, as one of my, as one of my favorite players ever to to talk to, and that I've gotten to know over the years, uh, I only wish him the best. Yeah, I feel like you know. He seems like a good enough player that he could do pretty well in the Swiss League. And oh, he'd be he'll be fine there. Yeah, but like you said, uh, he's always been you know a good personality. I always see him on those little clips they show in the games. He talk to the ABS. He's always seems like a pretty nice, funny guy. Yeah, he's so, funny. He's he's very entertaining to chat with. Yeah, and I mean, Tyson Berry was a nice guy, and you know. Yeah, he was a good dude. I really liked him. He was very funny. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, you just got to let, you know, still business, unfortunately. Can't yeah. keep. I mean, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. I would actually like, I know he's not on the current Avs roster, but he was a big part of the Avs in the 2010s. Tyson Berry, he was my favorite player for a very long time. Um, I mean, he's known for his offensive game definitely definitely not a big defensive guy um very agile has a pretty great shot um i mean uh i I remember old pods you guys had you were talking about how you know you're kind of closer with tyson and you know you love talking to him yeah what do you have to say about his on ice game Oh, I mean, he was fun to watch when he was really playing well. Uh, but he's he's kind of a uh, he's kind of a Mustang, right? Uh, and the thing with the you can't break him; you just have to live with him. You gotta you gotta let him be him. You gotta let him roam. You gotta let him move the puck and move through the neutral zone with speed. He's got an underrated shot. Guy scores ten to twelve goals a year. Um, really. Just a good, a good offensive defenseman, a good puck mover, really good in transition, very, very good in transition. Um, really not good defensively. Yeah, just not a good, not a good defender at all. Um, doesn't win physical battles, loses every every physical battle he gets engaged in. Um, doesn't cover the front of the net particularly well. <laughs> was good because if he got the puck he could skate it out of danger and that was great uh and he could he could pass it he had a great first pass but when it came to actually defending guys and taking sticks away and and removing stripping pucks just didn't have it he just didn't have it and at this point in his career he's never going to i mean the guy's 
guy's in his late 20s like at this point you have to stop expecting development there yeah definitely so so he's coming up on a contract year do you have any kind of predictions or ideas where he'll go i've heard you know vancouver's with the, with the with the cap being what it is it makes it really really difficult to try and figure it out yeah. um Vancouver priced them, but really spent all their money. So um, the other team that gets a lot of talk uh, is Vegas as a great fit. Uh, Again, they spent all their money. Uh, I always tell people that Winnipeg makes all the sense. If he wants to go back to Western Canada, or I guess just Canada, um, Winnipeg is probably the place where he'd have to go because they've got both the money and the job for him to go and and do it if he wants to. Right. Uh, But with the way that Neil Pionk had the year that he had for the Jets, you know they may not be they not be trying to splash the cash on on an aging Tyson Berry, aging like he's like late twenties. But yeah. you're gonna have to give him you're gonna have to give him a contract well into his thirties to get him. So right, and especially without the defensive game that he has, you know, he's, yeah, problems with that definitely doesn't help them in that end of the ice. Um, but it's certainly more uh, of a guarantee to you feel more comfortable that he's gonna help out than Neil Pionk, despite right. what pionk did this year yeah definitely and then the next contract player for the abs this defense this year uh ryan graves now he had the highest plus minus in the nhl a very solid um defensive player has a cannon of a slap shot i is a bomb yeah, I, I still remember that uh, one goal he had after the San Jose game, just off the face-off. Insane. His first goal as an Av came in a preseason game where he was he was rocking backward, and he fired a top shelf past a glove, and I was like, "Whoa, where?" I mean, you just don't see slap shots like that in today's NHL very often. Guys don't right. they don't have the time, the space, they don't generate, and guys are always shooting for tips and shooting wide, and you know, just you don't see guys actually try and pick a corner like he was, and it was it was it was cool. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a good defender. Uh, right. he, well, he's an okay defender. Uh, really good shot blocker. Uh, positionally pretty sound. Has to be because he's um, not so naturally gifted. Um, he's got heavy heavy boots. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really slow to get up and down the ice. But gets by on high IQ. Yeah, definitely. Understands the game. Reads the game really well. Uh, and as long as he continues to read the game well, he'll be fine. If that slips even a little bit, he He's not an AHL player anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, he's probably not going to have a, you know, offensive season similar to this one. I mean, unless he keeps playing yeah. with Cal McCarr. Yeah, 26 points was not something that you're expecting from a guy that you acquired in an AHL player swap at the trade right. deadline. Yeah. Um, I, I predicted in my bold predictions for the new years that he would get a three-year deal at about two million dollars uh this summer from colorado i'm good sticking right in that area yeah get a solid defenseman to stay back especially since yeah. he's Eric. 24 years old so you know you get him on a three-year deal you get him for his prime and then you get him you walk him up to ufa at that point and then when he becomes a ufa you let him go get paid somewhere else you know go out and make four and a half million dollars in florida or something yeah definitely now um 
in the Av system has I played two NHL games this year at the beginning of the season. Kind of weird um, how they did it. You kind of expected them to play longer, but Connor Timmins not um, kind of future is a little bit unsure. You're not totally sure when you're going to get him up to the NHL, if at all, for the Avs. But what do you what would you say about his game? Uh, it's IQ based, very smart puck mover. Um, the feet are a little bit slow. Uh, when he's off, he's really off. Like he really has some some ghastly games. But he's a very smart defender. Uh, does better when he's playing big minutes. Can run a power play pretty effectively, but won't in the NHL for the Abs because of the, just the guys that are on hand. Um, would be in the NHL and a lot of other organizations. Just kind of a victim of circumstance right now, and obviously with Bowen Byram on the way, will continue to be that. Yeah, uh, for probably another year. Um, I expect he's probably top AHL call up. You know, kind of the way that, kind of the way that they they had the the Cout experience this year, where once once the light switch really went on and he showed the consistency, uh, he got called up, and then you know. Yeah, will not look back. He'll probably Cal will probably be on the next year's NHL team. Yeah, so probably um, Timmins still has some work to do. Really, is just a victim of a numbers game though. Uh, yeah. But very very smart defender, good size, not great feet, but uh, not bad feet either. Like he's not like a bad skater, just not. Uh, you'll you'll see him get beat wide every once in a while. Um, but where he's really where he really shines is how intelligent he is. Yeah. Reads the play very, very well. Jumps into jumps into the action. The guy hadn't played a competitive game in a year and a half, and four minutes into his first game, he's driving the center of the ice right at the net, and, like, no fear. And yeah. just very comfortable in his own skin. And uh, you just have to – gotta you got to root for a kid like that. And he's, yeah, definitely. I, I think he gets – We've talked him up for such a long time that I think people lose patience with some of these kids. But you, you know, he missed an entire year of development, and this last year was his first pro year. Yeah, he's they they can wait, they can yeah. wait another year on him if they have to. But I don't I don't know that they will have to. I, I think he'll probably force their hand at some point. Yeah, a little bit different from a guy like Tyson Jost, who's been playing in the NHL for three years now and I mean finally showed some signs but yeah definitely a little bit you know definitely different I remember him playing with Kale in the World Juniors or something and yeah, good WJCs they were in 2017. Yeah. That was the great hope. Those yeah. two guys leading Team Canada to a gold. And Timmons got the assist uh, on the on the, on the the golden goal. And both were named among Canada's top three players at that tournament. Yeah. I mean. His D plus one was fantastic until he got hurt. Right. Yeah, that's one argument you could definitely make for him is that he does well with Kale. But. Yeah, I mean, they, they shouldn't have to play together. Um, both being right-handed, I think they'll try and get them both on the right side. But, yeah, same. He hasn't, I mean, he hasn't played with Kalen two years now. So, it's, yes. it's, not a, it's not much of a feather in the cap at this point. Yeah. Just kind of something you can point to from the past. Be like, you know, this might work. 
Yeah, those same people think that Jonathan Duran is the perfect dev because right. he was he 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 and McKinnon tore up juniors eight years ago. Yeah, it's, you know it's time. You got to move on from that stuff. Yep, definitely. Now next, um, Ian Cole. Now Cole is definitely one of the bigger personalities on the team. Um, very solid defenseman on most nights uh does pretty well on the pk also has a very good slap shot like ryan graves um not nearly as good but i mean i i'd like it's fine yeah it's act it's can be he's had a couple rippers yeah like uh that one goal in boston i remember from like the corner of the blue line and the boards almost and he just ripped that it was it's always pretty fun to watch him when he's yeah doing Cole's, well. Cole's a good defensive defenseman uh chipping some points here and there he was really good once he kind of found his legs yeah uh that first the first couple weeks he looked like he was still really struggling with the hip surgery right. stuff yeah and then once he was really back up to full speed and back to normal, uh, he was very effective for them in, in a kind of a transitional second, third pairing type of role. Uh, very effective for them and a guy that will be very important, especially if he keeps playing with, with solid discipline and not taking lots of penalties. Yeah. Um, he really, he really, his value shines every night and he's just rock solid. Yeah. Um, that they can play him on the third pairing and not on the second pairing really helps him shine. Yeah. Cause he's, he's, he'll be one of the better third pairing defenders in the NHL. And as a second pairing guy, he'd be a lower tier type of dude. Right. So that they have the depth and the skill to put him there uh, really allows him to kind of flex his muscle a little bit. And yeah, he's, he's rock solid for them. He was very good for the ads. Yeah, definitely. He block shots. Yeah, he blocks shots. He hits. Uh, he's miserable. He yeah. chirps dudes constantly, just constantly in people's ears. Just an annoying guy to play against. Yeah. Um, you know, has a lot of experience, a lot of playoff experience. Uh, good, really, really vocal guy in the room and good leadership. Has what it takes. Understands what it is to be a pro and to show up to the rink every day and uh, uh, to, to give your effort and, and fits into a team culture very nicely. Yeah. Just a, just a perfect fit for them is really an honest and honest to God, a really underrated player for the ads. Yeah. I've all, Maybe I've their always, most underrated player. Yeah. I've always liked him. Uh, you know, I, I have always played a little bit more of a defensive game. So I always have a little bit more respect for those guys, but seeing as they don't get uh, nearly the amount of, you know, a, a really good like top defensive defenseman in the league isn't going to get nearly as much attention. As yeah, a, defensive defensemen only ever get yelled at. They don't ever get praised. Right. Which is unfortunate, it's, but it's just the way life goes. You know, yeah. when your when your job is preventing things from happening, <laughs> people don't give you credit because they don't see it happen. Exactly. You know, if you give up a breakaway and you get back and you lift the stick and he doesn't get a shot on goal, it's great defense. But really, in in reality, the great defense is preventing the breakaway in the first place. Yeah. And that's kind of the that's kind of the cool game is that when he's successful, you're just not seeing stuff happen. Exactly. It looks boring. It looks bland. It looks vanilla. It's you know, it's 
it's it's Greek yogurt, you know? Yeah. It's whatever. You just it's totally forgettable. Yeah, those guys mostly get like the attention from the people who know hockey and you know. Look yeah, and well, and everybody everybody that that knows anything about the sport knows you need those guys to win. You yeah. need you need grinders. You need non glory guys, guys who are willing to put in hard work for you know not the same kind of reward, knowing that they have a valuable role and that what they do contributes. It it helps them win. Definitely. Now, another defensive defenseman, kind of a similar personality to Cole. Um, I mean, I mean, I kind of have a hard time judging what kind of player he is um, nowadays. I mean, he used to be a great offensive defense, like a pretty good offensive defenseman. Um, great leader, obviously, Eric Johnson. Um, a little bit older. A lot of people would argue that he's overpaid, but I mean, when you have the amount of cap space that Colorado does, it doesn't really matter. And he's such a good leader in the locker room that I feel like, you know. Yeah, he doesn't justify that salary, but uh, you also knew when that thing was signed that he wasn't going to. Yeah. Um, the decline has happened faster than Colorado probably would have liked. They would probably like to still have a 30-point Eric Johnson on their hands. Right. Uh, instead of like a 12-point Eric Johnson. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, there's, not, there's not much they can do about it now with so many years left and at that price. Yeah. Uh, He's still he's still a contributing player, but he's one that is is rapidly moving down the lineup as the talent around him finally begins to kind of overtake his role. Uh, we saw with Makar and Gerard this year; they're they're starting to 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 get those reps and kind of battling to be the number one guy. And Eric Johnson just slowly starting to slide down that totem pole. Next year, I think uh, that will continue, especially with the addition of Byron into the mix. Um, as Byron works his way up the lineup, it will come at the expense of a guy like EJ a little bit. Um, but he's he's still a solid two way guy. Uh, he generates he generates offense, but not points. Yeah. And he uh, he just you know he's he's okay. Like he he has his nights where he's really effective, and then he has some nights where you're frustrated. But yeah. He's really turned himself into a decent defensive player, and he gets a little better defensively every year. Yeah, and, you know, he'll have flashes of offense. Like, I remember the he had that um, Nashville game where he got that kind of weird assist on uh, Donskoy's second goal. The fact that he can still skate like that after all he's gone through with his legs is pretty great. Um, He's still the quality skater. He just doesn't do it as much because now he's playing with partners who skate pucks. Right. So. Yeah. When you're playing with Sam Gerrard, you don't need to skate it up as much. Um, Speaking of Sam Gerrard, um, you know. He's dope. Yeah. uh, I feel like he's, you know, kind of – not spoken about as much as he should, but, you know, not as, you know, much as an Ian Cole or something, you know. He has developed a pretty good defensive game ever since he got walked by Philip Forsberg in the playoffs a couple years ago. He's gotten uh, quite a bit better um, in defense. Those things happen. Yeah. I mean, he beefed up significantly, so he's gotten a little bit more physical, which is nice. Um, of course, he's not throwing out hits like Nikita Zadorov. Um... 
has some great agility. I mean, he can read when it went to jump into the play like that one Carolina game. You know, pretty good all-around defenseman. I mean, clearly a little bit more of an offensive guy, but... Uh, I think he's a better defender than he is an offensive player at this point in his career. Um, I expect the offensive profile will continue to develop as he keeps figuring out how he's going to be successful in the league. Um, shooting from the point needs to improve. He's got to, he's really got to figure out how to get the shot through traffic. Yeah. If he can do that, I think he'll be okay. Um, they're, they're really set, you know, with a guy like Gerard. He's he's so good in his own zone already that there isn't a lot they need to do with him back there. Just sit back and appreciate how good he is. Yeah. Um, and that's really Sam Gerard. Yeah. Have him for seven more years. Is that right? Yeah, seven-year contract starts next year. So that's unfortunate for the rest of the central division yeah still so weird that he has 200 games yeah i mean he showed up as a kid that had just barely turned 19 and you know yeah three three basically three full seasons later yeah now one another player uh not even in the abs system yet, technically. Well, I mean, he is in the abs system, but he's not playing professional hockey with them. Bowen Byram um, just finished the year with the, June, with, uh, the Vancouver Giants. Probably is expected to come next year um, to the league. I mean, has a lot of upside. Um, definitely developed his two-way game a lot more this year, which is, you know, really great to see. Um, what do you have to say about him? Like, what are your expectations for him when he comes into the league? Hopefully next year, probably next year. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm curious how he translates. I've always kind of been curious, just because the Abs don't need him to carry the load offensively. So I think they could probably get away with him being a more defensive oriented guy who can still give them five to ten goals um realistically i think he probably takes the second power play job from gerard eventually Uh, i don't think it'll happen right away but i think over time that's probably um byram's job uh just a really good all-around smart hockey player finds finds avenues of success in a lot of different a lot of different ways and just kind of a, is a is a do everything defender really worked on the defensive details this year and then when he got bored um basically just just decided to go back to destroying the WHL right and that's what he did in the second half of the season just flat out dominated and showed why there's absolutely no reason for him to go back next year. There's just yeah. nothing for him there. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, you know, um, watched a, the trade tree video that Steve Gangled and he said, you know, if he's, if he's anything less than above average, it'll be a disappointment. And Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, yeah. if he ends up a fourth overall pick like Thomas Hickey, that's a, that's a letdown. Um, but if he turns out to be even just a middle pairing defenseman, that's a big win for Colorado. They'll, yeah, they'll be just fine. If he ends up being an upper echelon, you know, 
Drew, you know, Drew Doughty franchise caliber defenseman than Colorado's in the money. Yeah. When you already have guys like Cal McCarr and Sandra Ard and yeah. possibly Connor Timmons, then not as much pressure on him to be that super. Yeah, and he, he really like the expectation is that he falls somewhere below McCarr and above Gerard. Yeah. Like second best defenseman on the team. So if he ends up there and, and if he pushes McCarr for top defenseman, then the abs the abs are gonna be an absolute Yeah train wreck for the the Western Conference for the next definitely five years. Yeah. Now, speaking of him, uh, my caller favorite, and I feel like really, I just it would be a disappointment if he didn't. But I mean, Quinn Hughes still a great player. Cal McCarr um, wearing his jersey right now, such a skilled player. He has the ability to be one of the better if not the best defenseman in the league in the years to come um you know has a great offensive game his defensive game isn't as great but it's you know it's better than like a tyson Berry or something like that you know what do you have to say about him it's a work in progress um but he's a guy that you think should strongly compete for norris trophies in his career yeah you know, the the Eric Carlson comparisons have always been there and they feel just as appropriate today as when I made them on his draft day. Yeah. He's a superstar in the making and uh, he's unbelievably well adjusted emotionally, has a gray head on his shoulders, is a great kid, totally devoted to team success, uh, doesn't give a damn about individual accolades. Right. It's very like, oh, if I get him, then cool. That means something good has happened, but does not spend his time thinking about them, is not worried about them. Yeah. Only cares about winning games and just has the kind of personality that you can build around. And as a as a player, as you know, defensively, it's a work in progress. But it's it's already better than a guy like Barry's. Um, well, should never be elite in that area, but should not be ever uh, a train wreck either. You're never gonna right. You're gonna look at him and be like, oh my god, this is a bad defender. You know, he can have bad games, but won't be won't be a guy that gets dominated game in and game out on in in the uh, his own end of the ice. And offensively, is one of the most electric young defensemen to come around in the last thirty years. Yeah. So. You know, every every reason for him to be pushing someday to be on the Avalanche Mount Rushmore. Um, yeah. All the accolades. No, dude could be the first Av to ever win at Norris. Um, you know, be the best defenseman in franchise history, Hall of Fame career, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things are in play for him. Yeah. There is there is no ceiling on his potential. So, what are your thoughts on his chances at the Calder? this year uh, I think it's a toss up it's 50-50 yeah it just depends on how voters feel right you know some people are some people are going to dig deep into the numbers and they're going to pull up the charts and the graphs and they're going to say okay well what about this Adam Fox guy and you know that's just how it goes um, some people some people are going to 
fall in love with the sex appeal that that Makar's game provides. He's just a fun player to watch. Right. If you were if you're a casual observer and you've never watched hockey before, you're gonna sit down and you're gonna be like, why can't they all just do like what that guy does? And um, you know, Quinn Quinn Hughes had a very good year. He's a good player. He's gonna he's gonna you know he's on his way to a great career and blah 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 blah. He's a very good player, and if he ends up winning it, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in either one of those guys winning. Right. It's they they both have had historic rookie seasons. They're both unlucky that it came in the same year. Yeah. Definitely. And it's 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 only it's only a real injustice if a guy other than one of them wins it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's fine. Either one of them, either one of them winning it is acceptable. Um, I if I get a ballot, I don't know who's first on my ballot. I'm still I'm still waffling. I'll probably go with Makar, uh, just because I'm more familiar with him up close and personal, and I I know how he how important he is to a very good Avalanche team. Yeah. Um, we've seen we've seen the Avs with and without him because of the injuries, and without him, they're they're a good team, and with him, they're a potentially cup winning team and I think that's more important than Hughes who without without Hughes they're they're a bottom tier team and with Hughes they're a middle tier team yeah and the guy that takes a a team from good to great I think is more important than one that takes them from uh bad to mediocre right definitely so I would probably give it to Makar but I would I I will sit down if I if I get a ballot I will sit down and, and go through and just see yeah how i feel about all of it yeah i'm a numbers guy so i can't you can't deny evidence uh you can't deny facts you can't deny things just because you don't like them yeah but at the same time you know yeah i mean i get to decide whatever the hell i want so (laughs) if i decide that i i'm giving it to my car anyway then i'm giving it to my car anyway doesn't matter people in vancouver just gonna have to deal yeah exactly yeah um really like to show that video that Rudo made today to a couple of Vancouver people, see how they feel about that. Yeah, I mean, they'll get salty. But, yeah, but I mean, it, just the same way Abs fans would get salty if a Vancouver fan cherry-picked very specific highlights and did the same thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, <laughs> Abs fans wouldn't appreciate that. They would be they would be upset, and they'd be like, Mara, you just cherry-picked, and that's just how fandom works. So, exactly. That's fine. It's, yeah. that's, the, that's the fun of being a sports fan is that you get to engage in that back and forth. You get to care way too much about things that yeah. are not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's like... You know, it's a Calder trophy, which is always great to have, but like Landis Cog won the Calder. Does that you know, doesn't doesn't make him the best player in his draft class. No. Doesn't make him the best player. It just means that he was the best rookie. Who cares? I mean, he's still a good player, but I mean you know, there have like I'm pretty sure Kucherov was from his draft class, right? Yeah, Kucherov and Shifley are, would would probably go one and two in that draft class if it, if you were to redo it. And then was Huberdo also? Yeah, Uberdo and um, Couturier, Dougie Hamilton, Jonas Brodeen. There's a lot of really good players in that draft class. Just because just Landeskog won Rookie of the Year doesn't mean that he's the best. Right. Whereas, you know, McKinnon... Just meant he, was the best, he was the best rookie that year, and rookies come from all different classes. You exactly. Know? It's, it's, it's fine. It's, I personally... I don't care that much about it it's cool it's fun if if an ad wins an award it's fun it doesn't 
move the needle of anything for me that much if he loses yeah. it. You know, winning winning or losing an MVP is way bigger deal than the Calder. The Calder is just sort of like a whatever. Yeah. Winning winning losing an MVP, that's that's stuff that affects Hall of Fame credentials. Exactly. And the Calder just doesn't. Like it's not going to be held against Connor McDavid that he didn't win the Calder trophy. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Of course, you know, nobody's going to say that Connor McDavid isn't the best player in his draft class because he didn't win right. the Calder that it's, year. It's fine. Like it's it's just not that big of a deal. It's yeah. it's mostly just so like what we saw. We like what we saw this year is that a bunch of people on the internet can argue about it. Yeah, exactly. There isn't there isn't really a tangible meaning to the Calder trophy beyond that. Yeah. But, Guys who guys who had the best first years, right? Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. And awards are just fun. Like that's really all it is. It's fun. It's not necessarily meaningful. It's just a good time. Yeah. So, um, do you have any predictions for what the Az will do on the off season on defense? I mean, probably not going to add too many big names like a Petrangelo, but. Uh, I mean, I think if Petrangelo gets to the market, they should at least have the conversation. Yeah. I mean, you have to at least talk to a guy that that's that is that good. But I don't have any expectations for anything like that to happen. Uh, I think the only thing they really need to do is find a home for Zadorov and uh, create that space on the blue line for a Byram to take over. Mm-hmm. That's that's really it. Everything else. Um, Graves will get a contract of some kind. Um, Barbario Connaughton probably go. Maybe you bring Connaughton back f- f- to be an eagle and sort of like an eighth guy that can fill in in the NHL if you absolutely need it. Yeah. Um, beyond that, you know, I'm sure that if they don't bring a Connaughton back, they'll find one. They'll go and get another guy right. like that to to fill that role. Um, because you can't just have all the bodies walk out the door. You still have to have players. You still have to have depth. Uh, so I think I think that'll be the that'll be where they go next is trying to find the answers to those questions. Yeah, and um, more more min maxing on the bottom of the roster. Yeah, um, if they move Zadorov, I would combine him with a with somebody else to try and make it a meaningful upgrade and not just a neutral right. move. But. Yeah. In terms of predictions, I mean, I don't really, I don't really do the prediction stuff too much uh, anymore because anytime you're wrong about something, somebody loses their shit and they're like, "Yeah, right, Jason." And okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really, I think moving on from Zadorov is just the only thing that I would say. Look for it to happen because it just, it just makes business sense. It's not like an yeah. insider tip or anything. It's not inside information that I have. It's just. It just makes sense from from their business standpoint that that's what they should do. Yeah. Uh, do you see them going after any defensemen in the draft? You, you uh, the draft will be that? draft will be best player. Whichever guys at the top of their board, wherever they end up picking, will be what they do. Um, uh, you know, maybe if there's a defenseman there, sure. Otherwise, um, you know. I, they won't go out of their way to take one. Of course. Yeah. You know, usually when you have a pick in the late 20s, you're not going to really. Yeah, you just take whoever. Yeah. Well, that should about wrap things up. Thank you for joining me, AJ. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Hopefully we can have you 
back another time. Um, me and AJ actually did a, another podcast a while ago, but uh, due to bad internet, it's kind of not great. So, um, you know, thanks for coming back uh, despite that. Um, unfortunate we couldn't uh, post that one. Maybe we can redo it another time. Who knows? Um, it's great to have you on. Go check him out, uh, DNVR Avalanche, my favorite podcast to listen to. Listen to it all the time. Um, definitely check it out. Do you have anything to plug? No, that's just it, man. The 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 DNVR.com, DNVR, DNVR Avalanche uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm at AJ Hayfley, H-A-E-F-E-L-E. Uh, if you're of age and you want to you wanna grab an adult beverage, we have the DNVR bar down on Colfax in New York. Come hang out. Uh, you know, when when protests and things and, and viruses and all that goes away and you're you're comfortable uh, out in a public space again, we'll see you there. But outside of that, I'm good. All right. Well, thank you for joining. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah. We will see you guys on the next episode of the Rocky Mountain Sports Colorado Avalanche Podcast.